What is going on, guys? Welcome to In the Neutral Zone, the podcast where we talk all things NFL. My name is Gabby Gordon, and I am so excited to bring you to yet another week of football. I feel like as the weeks go by, I start every single show talking about the Giants, but how can you blame me? 6-1 and one, defeated the Jaguars last week. Daniel Jones was the player of the week, for the uh, for the NFC, there are a lot of weird things going on, and and weird in the sense that no one could have told me you saw this success coming for the Giants. A lot of bizarre things going on, and I feel like I have to start with the Giants every week just because of what they're accomplishing. But to spare you from my Daniel Jones and New York Giants bandwagoning. I will include the AFC Player of the Week as well, Offensive Player of the Week, who was Joe Burrow, absolutely slinging it on Sunday, won 35-17 over the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to combine the two, and we're going to talk about both the AFC Offensive Player of the Week and the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Let's get into it. So while Joe Burrow was slinging it, as I said on Sunday, Daniel Jones was a dazzling dual threat. Burrow and Jones were, were lauded for their efforts Wednesday when the NFL Players of the Week were unveiled. Again, Burrow led the Cincinnati Bengals to a 35-17 win over the Atlanta Falcons, and he earned AFC Offensive Player of the Week, completing 81% of his passes. He was 34 of 42. He posted 481 yards passing and three touchdowns with no interceptions, a 138.2 rating. He also added a rushing score. That is a phenomenal football game for Joe Burrow, something we've been waiting to see since the beginning of the season. As for Danny Dimes, he was dangerous through the air and on the ground Sunday, led his New York Giants to a 23-17 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, and, of course, received NFC Offensive Player of the Week. He completed 19 of 30 passes for 202 yards and a touchdown, and he added 107 yards and a touchdown on 11 rushes. We continue to see this theme of Daniel Jones using his legs, using his ability, what he's strong at. That has to do a lot with the coaching scheme from Dable. They're working to his strengths. Obviously, Burrow had a much better game, much more explosive game. A 23-17 win is a close victory compared to a blowout from the Bengals, but it is respectable that he has led his team to 6-1 and thus far. So as for the Bengals, they are tied for first with the Ravens in the AFC North. Both teams are 4-3 and three currently, uh, and so they are tied for first. And the Giants are one below Philly. Philly obviously had their bye week last week, so they are still undefeated. The Giants are 6-1. and one. We'll see what changes in the NFC East after this week. And as I'm skimming through the standings for each respective division, I can't help but notice the fact that the Minnesota Vikings are on the top of the NFC North for, you know, what seems like the first time in a very long time that they've been leading and dominating that division. That division is is weak, and that is not something that you hear people say all too often, that the NFC North is weak besides the Vikings. Usually the NFC North is weak besides the Packers, but the Packers have been off to an absolutely terrible start. Three and four after their loss to the Washington football team. Absolutely awful. Rodgers looks lost. The team looks lost. They look like they have no light and no energy. It It is not looking very bright for the Packers. And at this point, 
one has to wonder what are the next steps? Do you continue trying what's not working? Do you continue putting out the same scheme for it to fail? Or do you start to change things around, work with the young guys, and and maybe we can see a rebuilding situation on our hands? That's what needs to happen. It's crazy to say, but it would not be a terrible decision to see what you can get for Aaron Rodgers at this point. What do you have to lose? Jordan Love isn't going to get you any better than where you are right now, and Rodgers does not seem like he's going to get you any better than where you are right now. Rodgers is a large part of the problem. He may not be the largest problem, but he is not the solution right now that we're seeing. I mean, 429 percentages are below 500. We have not seen a 3-4 and four start in what seems like a while. It's, it's interesting. They are 2-2 two and two at home, 1-2 and two on the road. It's, it's uh, concerning for a Packers team that dominated last year. Obviously, Devontae Adams is a huge, huge impact. And without him, that changes everything. But at this point, do you wonder, as both a Packer fan myself and just a football fan with logic, do you start to, to look and see what a rebuild may look like? Maybe out with the old, in with the new? Work with what you're going to have for the years after Rodgers is gone? You know, if Rodgers was dominating and this was just a receiver problem, I'd say, okay, you know, we can work around that. Let's run the ball more, which is something that they still need to do. But at this point in time, Rodgers is not dominating, and he's not helping the situation. In fact, he is not anywhere near the solution. What is that solution? Maybe it's seeing what you can get for Rodgers and going with the young guys. Maybe that's the way. Maybe that's their only way at this point. Continuing to look through the standings, through, through what we have so far, I mean, the NFC South is a mess. No one in the NFC South is over 500. No one in the NFC South is even at 500. The Bucks and the Falcons are tied, both 3-4 and four apiece, and the Panthers and Saints, 2-5 and five apiece. Brady's also one of those guys that we talked about in the previous episode who is really struggling whether it's old age or, you know, just life itself because he's been dealing with some difficulties outside of football. That was a dis- very disappointing showing from the Bucks last week as well. Only putting up three points. It's, that's an embarrassment for Tom Brady. Another offense that we see is greatly struggling right now. That's the Steelers. But Mike Tomlin has said that he does not feel ready to make changes to that struggling offense. And in fact, he said, quote, I don't feel like I'm there. I mean, they have been atrocious for most of the season. They're ranking 31st with 15.3 points per game, 30th in total yards per game, and they're tied for 27th in turnovers, and they are dead last in passer rating heading into Week 8. The quarterback change from Trubisky to Pickett didn't significantly jumpstart the offense, but Mike Tomlin said, that he is not ready to make more changes despite calls for offensive coordinator Matt Canada's job growing louder by the week. I mean, the entire offense is a mess. Najee Harris can't break tackles behind a very struggling offensive line. The first-round running back has generated three-and-a-half scrimmage yards per touch in 2022, last in the NFL. The quarterback play has been a struggle, including Pickett's three-interception evening in Sunday's loss in Miami, and the receivers have been wildly inconsistent. Following the game Sunday, Chase Claypool asked for more deep shots in what is a continually restricted offense. He said, quote, We need more splash. 
We need bigger plays. We need to go down the field a little bit. Sometimes a defense prevents that, but we have to go down the field. It was presumed that last year that Ben Roethlisberger's aged arm was the reason for the lack of downfield targets and that, you know, he was just kind of past his prime. But the trend is now seeping into this season, and the issues are clearly not just Roethlisberger. They are with Canada's offense, and they are with a very poor offensive line. Though Tomlin said he's going to continue down that same charted course that they've been on, and he's going to continue on it for the time being. He said, quote, keep working. With continuity, it raises your floor, and when you raise your floor and minimize negativity, you increase the potential for positivity. I mean, the Steelers are facing off this week at Lincoln Financial Field against the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. And then after that, they have a bye. So at least if they get completely blown out by the Eagles this week, which is very, very much possible, they have a bye week to kind of regroup, see what's working, see what's not. Obviously, we know what's working and what's not working. But they can regroup and see what decisions need to be made going in to the following week after their bye. So that is somewhat of a positive for them. But at this point, your season's over. Two and five, you're done. You're not going to have much more success with the way your offense has been working and the way it's been operating. So now you have to see, you know, like the Packers, you know, we have a rebuild in order, I believe, in Pittsburgh. And you have to start working towards that and not keep doing the same things. I don't completely disagree with Tomlin at this point. It's a little early to start making significant changes, but with the trade deadline coming up, you need to see what your options are. Let's take a look at tonight's game. Uh, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Baltimore Ravens, 4-3, will take on the 3-4 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks are home. The predicted score right now um, according to Caesar Sportsbook, is 23-22 to Tampa Bay on top. Now, if we look at the rankings between both teams here, uh, the Ravens are 11th in offense, the Buccaneers are 20th. The Ravens are 28th in defense, the Buccaneers are 7th. The Ravens are 25th in passing, the Buccaneers are 6th. The Ravens are 5th in rushing, and the Buccaneers are 31st. The last time the two teams played against each other, Baltimore was home. It was December 15th of 2018, and the Ravens took the win 20-12. to I feel like this game could honestly go either way here. Both are playing, you know, not spectacular. I think right now Lamar Jackson is clearly the better quarterback. I think Brady's having serious struggles, whether, again, that is just old age, whatever the case may be, you're not going to win many football games when you put up three points against the Panthers. That's just not how you're going to win it. And, and Brady knows that. We can see frustrations from the team. We can see the, the yelling that Brady does on the sidelines to his offensive line. And we can see that Brady's probably taking a lot of accountability for how the Buccaneers have been playing. That's just what a captain does. And on the Ravens' side, it hasn't been a spectacular season. You know, 4-3, and three, it's just okay. But they are still dominating their division. Their division is nothing special. If we look back at the Ravens, I'm pulling it up. Um, again, tied with the Bengals, 4-3. and three. They're just above 500. It's nothing spectacular. They're 2-2 two and two at home right now and 2-1 and one on the road. And, you know, Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. To me, I still believe... He's more of a running back than a quarterback. 
but he certainly proves people wrong these last past seasons um, with his arm strength. Uh, but his running ability still very much outweighs his throwing ability, and that's going to be used to his advantage as we're not going to see a ton of rushing, or if we do, we'll see how uh, effective it is from the Buccaneers. Buccaneers rushing is 31st against a 5th-place rushing team. Yes, the Buccaneers' defense is better than the Ravens, but we can see Lamar getting around that. Lamar is very shifty. He is very, very agile, very athletic. This game could go either way. I think it's going to be low scoring overall. I don't think it's going to be a totally exciting one. I believe this one is on Amazon Prime Video. I think it'll be just okay. I mean, these past Thursday Night Football games have been snooze fests. Absolute snooze fests. So I don't really think this one's going to be any different in particular. But hey, it's football. Let's really quickly look at the rest of the matchups for the week. So that was your Thursday night matchup tonight at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay. Starting on Sunday, we got a 9.30 game in London. The London series between the Broncos and the Jaguars. Um, And you can watch that on ESPN+. Then, starting your 1 p.m. slate, Panthers at the Falcons. Then you got the Bears at the Cowboys. Uh, then you got the Dolphins at the Lions. The Lions are 1-5. Rough season for them thus far. You got the Cardinals and the Vikings. Uh, Raiders and Saints. Patriots and Jets. And Steelers and Eagles like we just talked about. That's your Sunday um, early afternoon slate. And then you have the 4-0-5 game between the Titans and the Texans. 4-25 slate. Commanders at the Colts. 49ers at the Rams. Giants at the Seahawks. And then the Sunday night football game, Packers at the Bills. This is a very interesting one. It's a Sunday night game, prime time. Bills home team. Bills obviously probably the best team in football right now. Packers not so much. We should see how the Packers defense can handle Josh Allen and how Rodgers can duel against Allen because up until this season, both were very, very, very even in their abilities. I think Rodgers had the upper hand last season and was much better than Josh Allen. But this year, things change. Josh Allen, to me, is the best quarterback in football right now. It's a very tight race between him and Mahomes, but I think he has that edge based on what we saw against his game with Mahomes. I think this could be a potential blowout for the Bills, and this is coming from a Green Bay Packer fan. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. A 3-4 and four Packers team who lost to the Jets, the Giants, and the Washington football commanders. Uh, that, that's not a team that's going to beat the Bills. And then the Monday night football game is Bengals at Browns. First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio. We'll see if Joe Burrow will come back at it this week again off of his AFC Offensive Player of the Week status. See if he can go out there and see if he can take down the Browns on ESPN on Monday at 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also Halloween. We'll see if Joe Burrow could be spooky and scary out there. Well, that is all I have for today's show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining. As always, these podcasts publish on the platform you're listening to at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every single Thursday. And we are also on the air every single Thursday Very excited to have you with me for yet another edition of In the Neutral Zone. My name is Gabby Gordon. Thank you for being with me. Enjoy week eight and watch some good football. Have a good one and happy Halloween.